1: this week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the great Kevin Allison. And we go to Las Vegas, and guess what? We're bringing shrooms. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy
0: detective. Hey, how you doing, Jordan? I'm doing all right. Uh, fresh, fresh, ready to go? Uh, well, here's, here's kind of my state. Um, Let's talk about your state for a second, Jordan. um, Let's get this out of the way up top, Jesse. So we uh, we had a show this weekend at the Riot Comedy Festival.
1: Yeah, we're we're uh, this is a this is a this is a relatively early relative to broadcast record for us. Did that make sense?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So we had a and and this was a this was a really fun thing, and it happened downtown, like a little you know, kind of they had. There's a little block with some bars and venues, and they have. Um, you know, and they had comedy shows all weekend. So you could kind of buy a pass and you could just kind of pop in and pop out to all these venues and see comedy
1: shows. Downtown Los Angeles is unusual in that it has specific industrial districts. So there's the fashion district with Santee Alley. There's the toy district where you can buy wholesale toys. There's a flower district, and there's the alternative comedy district.
0: Right, where you can just buy like a big – just a big sheet of comedy. Uh Uh-huh, sure. You buy it by the
1: yard. Yeah, exactly. Laughs Laughs by the yard. It's imported and poorly translated, but (laughs) it has enough ironic racism to pass for alternative comedy. Right.
0: Um, And uh, so – so, you know, I was I I I had a nice time this weekend, kind of kind of popping in and popping out, but it seemed like no no place uh on this block was zoned for liquor. <laughs> Every place only had a like a beer and wine license, and it was a bazillion degrees, so I always kind of wanted to be drinking something. And water's no fun. Uh, so I feel like I just had two straight days of just drinking tall boys. And I feel like I'm a I'm a booze balloon right now. I just feel so waterlogged. Like I I feel like I can't pee enough. Like I feel like I should just be constantly peeing. <laughs> let's
1: let's let's bring our guest in because he was there this weekend mm-hmm. as well. Uh, You know him, of course, as the host and often the star, I'm just going to come out and say it, of the newest MaximumFun.org podcast. Yeah, I said that too. Risk. Mr. Kevin Allison.
2: Hello there. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Feeling a little bit like a booze balloon myself.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't You don't look like it.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Are you saying that if there had been a liquor license, you would have been wandering around holding a dry martini? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
1: right. And and today,
2: you'd feel fantastic. Well, I would, have, what
0: I would have, what I would have done is I would have put a couple of Cosmos in my baseball helmet that has straws oh, attached to it. It. <laughs> and just walked around like that.
1: That's classy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I that's that's interesting. I knew that there was trouble when we showed up at this festival and uh the the guy who owned the bar that we were performing in, which was some kind of metal bar.
0: Yeah. Um, a Latino metal bar, specifically. <laughs> yeah, yes. appeared to be. Um,
1: th- that guy showed up about an hour after we were supposed to be there, and we just had to stand in the 95 degree sun for an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I think I think to, to to answer your question, what I would have done if there was a liquor license, it would have been you know kind of a, a uh, what I find is a fun solution to drinking cocktails and it being really hot out is asking for your cocktail in a tall glass so they put more soda water in there. There you go. So you can get refreshed. And, uh, and you know, and also and have a cocktail and well, the, also super plastic.
2: They were in the parking lot serving a new product called air, which is water infused with alcohol. French techno music.
1: Oh, alcohol. Wait, water infused with alcohol? <laughs>
2: yeah, I think basically not it's anything. like one
0: part rubbing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and one part natural Canadian spring water.
1: <laughs> uh, that that s- is a product that you cannot claim is for anything other than getting drunk. That's right? true. That's, That's like, true. There's no reason to drink that. Besides, you can't say I'm appreciating the scotch. The woodsy notes. Right. Whatever. You're just like, well, I'm not drunk now, but I hope to soon be. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you know, they the people have come out with the, the, the whole thing where you can just inhale alcohol too. Yes. In New Wait, York oh, there were a this? couple of bars. I've never where seen this. I you don't, go in and please. you just you take alcohol through an inhaler from wow. the bar. You yeah. put
1: like a mask on your face, like an oxygen mask. It's like those oxygen bars, only the Air is – it's like a vaporizer for alcohol.
0: <laughs> I Part of me is wondering how does that work scientifically, but the other part of me doesn't want to hear a long science explanation. Because <laughs> you're in a sort of party mindset. Right. right. Wow. That's incredible. Is that – God, how – I mean That's the, dumb. The thing That's about so all fucking those dumb things
2: is you you lose the sense of like Yeah of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I, I feel I, I actually
2: feel the same way about vaporizers for marijuana. Like sure. I can't like, oh well, I can't really taste or even know how much I'm taking in here. Yeah. I would rather know I'm screwing up my lungs. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think I mean I guess I think I like having a drink more than I like being drunk. Of course, yeah. Like you know, being drunk's being drunk's fine. It can be fun sometimes, but I think having a drink is is one of the best things in the world. It's so, a yeah. journey there. Yeah. Like why would you want to take <laughs> that part out of it?
1: Yeah. Anyway. Because it's that way you can get drunk faster and you're Yeah, less calories. You're Maybe wearing people... short shorts. Yeah, right, right. That's right. This is being in the short shorts community, is that correct? <laughs> Don't know a lot about. I saw man when it gets hot in Los Angeles, the short shorts come out. Mm-hmm. And um, like on the one hand, you're thinking that's good because you like to see girls in short shorts. Sure, some pre butt. Yeah, just a some pre butt. But the th- the problem is that most people that wear short shorts are a mess. That's why they chose to wear short shorts, <laughs> and that is reflected in their personal aesthetics. Sure. I saw I saw a woman, um, who was wearing short shorts this morning at like eight thirty. And granted, eight thirty in the morning is not when you're not just not ready to look at that anyway. Sure, one way or the other. But she was such a disaster area walking down the street that it it made me not want to be sexual ever (laughs) just give up on sex yes I just gave up on even just for reproduction Simon's gonna be an only child now sure you're going to join a Unix choir like I was just like can I just oh I mean a
0: Linux choir
1: (laughs) I was just like can I at least have some orange juice first or something before you start throwing this shit at me wearing those kind of like sneaker heels you know what I'm talking about it's like heels but they're sneakers too at the same time looked like looked like a prostitute on a bra- like on a in like the naked gun or something like that <laughs> like in a broad parody of right. urban life <laughs> and,
0: and at eight a m that's the part that I really want to like, she's probably just probably coming back from a party. Yeah, probably boy. just got done partying. Probably
2: she should carry orange juice with her. Yeah, just, just to, to pass out, people. just to give get people a <laughs> yeah. little blood sugar, nice so they can
0: coffee. handle this. Yeah. Shit. yeah,
1: you know what I mean. I just need some help handling this. <laughs> shit. Just a handful of bacon. Yeah, here you go. Just you sit down. Just anyway, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> 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 Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective.
0: Who is supporting us this week? Well, there's ask.metafilter.com, They're as always. They're always supporting us. Yeah. They're fucking great, aren't they? The best. I love them.
1: Thousands of life's little questions online at ask.metafilter.com. You should go there. Oh, yeah. It'll, they'll, they'll answer your questions. You can answer somebody else's questions. You frickin' know-it-alls. If mm-hmm. you know, somebody goes online and says, like, oh, is Jim Tomei retired, And you can answer and say mm-hmm. no. Then you don't have to bother me about it. Anyway, ask it Hey, the Mission Comedy and Burrito Festival which we are yes. very shortly going to be appearing at, uh, go to sfcomedyandburrito festival.com. Uh, if you use the code maxfun, you get $5 off a festival pass. You should do that.
0: God, yeah. there are so many people, funny people at this thing. This thing is a real uh,
1: yeah. extravaganza. There's uh, a lot there's a, I feel like this is a very carefully curated festival. And if uh, if you are only familiar with like the names of people who are in the cast of Mister Show, just trust us yeah. that there are a lot of brilliant people, Can a I lot throw of great comedians names? from Can Seattle, L.A. Names?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, maybe you haven't heard these names. You should. These are two very funny people. While you're at the SF Comedy and Burrito Festival, you're going to want to see Paul J. You're mm-hmm. going to want to see Brandy Posey. Very funny people. These are funny people. See and, them. and I
1: will also mention that we have two shows at the SF Comedy and Burrito Festival. We expect you to attend both. Mm-hmm. At Jordan Jess Ego, we will be joined by our friends Scott Simpson and Merlin Mann mm-hmm. from You Look Nice today. They will be our special guests. That will be on Friday. And then on Saturday, we're doing International Waters. Jordan is going to be on the panel. Mm-hmm. He's going to be empaneled, representing Southern California against Northern California. I expect Northern Californians... To represent at this fucking thing. There's a bunch of guys in Dodgers hats at this thing. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Man alive. Jordan, you're going to get to be the heel.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll come out twirling my mustache. Yeah. What Um, do they call that in wrestling? Oh, and also also on the panel with me representing Southern California, uh, Barbara Gray. Very, very funny. Very funny. And uh, we're going to have
1: a special celebrity guest there mal sharp from coil hey. and sharp we're very it's always really fun to see mal mal of course is a san francisco legend he is a uh local radio dj still mm-hmm. he's on the jazz station has a hot jazz show he's a famous hot jazz band called the big money and jazz band great uh, because the big money's in jazz mm-hmm. uh, that is a, he's sort of a north beach legend there is actually a mural of mal sharp hey. in north beach in san francisco and delicious that is italian true. food one day i was driving down the street i like hey, that's a giant mural of Mal Sharp. (laughs) And I emailed Mal. I'm like, Mal, is there a giant mural of you? He's like, yep, San Francisco legend. There you go. He didn't say that. He's a modest man. Um and guess what? We have something up on the JumboTron here.
0: Yeah, here we go. Uh oh, Gum Sphere 3000. It's a multidisciplinary but, excuse me, multidisciplinary traveling roadshow festival and uh checkpoint rally across North America. It takes place over 3 weeks in October through November across both Canada and the United States. There's artists, there's comedians, there's mu- musicians and they're going to pile into 8 Ford Festivas and entertain people in 30 cities. Uh, you can find out more information about this at indiegogo.com slash gumsphere300 or gumsphere300.com.
1: Yeah. Uh, we also have a personal message uh, to Pete from Colin. Happy 30th birthday to the future Dr. Seelig. Five years ago, you introduced me to Jordan Jesse Go on Max Fun, and my life has been all the more awesome. Hey, since
0: oh, that's really nice. That's a fun. That's that a fun really male to male jumbotron message. We'll we don't be get back. A lot
1: of male to male. No, M two M's is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And A to ms M four M. Yeah, we'll be back in just a second. Four twenty friendly. Four twenty friendly. La, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kevin Allison here. Kevin, it's great to have you on the program. Very fun to have yeah. you on the program. Oh, it's great to be here. We just, we recorded, Kevin was our guest on the live show that we just recorded. I think that's going to end up being a bonus episode for Jordan, Jesse mm. Go fans, but Kevin, was a delight. You were a delight. Well, he said, Kevin, are you still going to be in town on Monday? Let's do this thing. Here let's, I am.
0: Let's bring in the crew. Yeah, I think you're the first ever back-to-back guest. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Quite
1: a quite a distinction. Hey, Kevin, stick around. Let's make it back to back to back. <laughs> am I right or am I right? The beast with three bags. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what they call us when we go out. Yeah, when we go out to the to the alcohol oxygen bar. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Yeah,
1: I um I did some going out in Las Vegas at the public radio program directors conference.
0: Hey, I've, I that's think, how you want to do Vegas.
1: I think I've talked about the public radio program directors conference on this show before. It is the most life-crushing, soul-deadening <laughs> – like, it is so, so horrible. And it's not uh, – public radio program directors are certainly are out of my demographic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These are not uh, – Can you just give it maybe a little baseline explanation as to what this is? So the Public Radio Program Directors Conference is an annual conference of all the program directors of public radio stations around the country. Um the program directors are generally the people who set the schedules they're they're often the people who are the sort of bosses of content for their stations so it ranges from people who work at stations that have um you know where they're also the general manager or stations where there's you know two or three total employees and a couple of people that come in as board operators to you know program directors from. Uh, KPCC here in Los Angeles where they have a 50, 75 person, 100 person newsroom. So all of these people are the first year that I went, I had visited already once uh, WNYC in New York. Uh, which was the first station to ever pick up Bullseye. And I had at that point, I think, also maybe visited KCRW in Los Angeles. And those were the only public radio stations I had been to. And they lived up to my expectations of what a public radio station was like. Just to say, I thought like it would be a lot of people that were into, they were like 50-ish, but like in like 1980, they were into art rock. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? Sure. Like some David Byrne types yeah, is loosely yeah. the category of people that I thought. I thought there would <laughs> one be One of a, their key interests is
0: Bauhaus. Yeah. I
1: thought there would be a smattering of David Byrne types sure. uh, along with a certain number of Bony Vert types. Yeah, um, And that's not the case nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, nationwide public radio program directors, there's certainly a range, but they are on the whole, they were not what I pictured. They were not that. They were- they're they're
0: people who wear a lot of overalls no they're they're not like beverly hillbillies
1: (laughs) (laughs) no it's a it's a very earnest um it's like people who are involved in Community organizations.
0: Oh, I mean, it sounds like a perfect group to take with you to Vegas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it exactly. seems like such an odd choice for a venue for that kind of thing. I mean, you, I mean, I, if I would, if I was to think like, okay, where do the, where do you take the public radio elite? To them and Dynam. You go to Madison, Wisconsin, f- 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 Vermont, the whole state. Um, <laughs> you know. You just have it on a dairy farm in Vermont? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Ben and Jerry, presents. Maybe if you wanted to remind them about how much of a blast the 60s were, maybe Berkeley. So maybe that's where you go when you're like, okay, we need to knock this up a notch. So
1: it's a reminder when you go to this conference of how nationwide public radio is, because the real power, you imagine a kind of Madison, Wisconsin, or Mm -hmm. Berkeley vibe, or at the very least, you imagine a sort of downtown-y vibe. But the truth is that... Most public radio stations are in other places because most of America is in other places. (laughs) You know what I mean. So, so they have these conferences all over the country. I went to one in uh, Baltimore. Uh, There was one in Cleveland. Uh, You know, so they they have them in miscellaneous places. And the best you can (laughs) hope for, the best you can hope for, honestly, usually is the conferences downtown so that you can at least go to whatever the nicest, coolest restaurant in that city is. You know what I mean? And just that will be your moment of rest. Yeah, you don't
0: have to go to the
1: Chili's by the hotel. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Because the problem is, if it's in Phoenix... You know what I mean? Yeah. It could very easily be on one of the many long abandoned stretches of highway in Phoenix <laughs> in metropolitan Phoenix. And then you're fucked because you, won't you won't have even to, like, get
0: to go to Alice Cooper's restaurant. Yeah. Exactly. Something I like to bring up every time someone says Phoenix. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> but I mean if you're in down if you're in downtown Phoenix, you think there's probably one cool restaurant in downtown Phoenix sure. or in downtown San Diego. Or whatever there's a cool neighborhood with a couple of vintage clothing stores in every city in America, I think is our theory, and you could go to that and have a nice dinner but Las Vegas is like it, it's interesting like the hotel that we were in is called the l was called the l v h which once stood for the las Vegas Hilton um, and then they uh were no longer a Hilton, presumably because. Conrad Hilton stopped in, saw what a fucking nightmare it was, <laughs> and put the kibosh on the whole thing. Um, so now LVH. And well, the the
0: the distinct here's how, here's how I know the the uh, Las Vegas Hilton. It used to be home to like a Star Trek experience. I had a um, I had a girlfriend in college who was very into Star Trek, and this was like our we did our first like couples vacation out to Las Vegas to go to this Star Trek experience. Because you were have.
1: super classy.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> um and yeah, and I am not I am not into Star Trek. It's part of this like weird old guard nerd stuff that I never picked up on, like never having like an older nerd to look up to like I will interject. Yes.
1: A lot of Star Trek fans at the PRPD conference. Continue. Sure, I, I would. Yeah,
0: yeah. But like, yeah, like, like Star Trek, Dungeons and Dragons, Doctor Who, never always just seemed boring to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I was, I indulged – That's because they're pretty boring. Sure. <laughs> I think the one thing from that, the one thing from that category that I did pick up almost like Monty Python, but just yeah. accidentally. Well, well then that's because not Monty boring. Python is almost yeah. perfect. Yeah. it's
1: basically the greatest thing that's ever existed. <laughs> Although I will also say, also a little bit boring. Little, little boring. Yeah. Yeah. A little boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, did you did you not even? I'm sorry to derail. Yeah, yeah. Did you not even watch like Star Trek? I remember watching Star Trek: The Next Generation when I was like 10. I was never. I was thinking about this because it's been the anniversary of that or something. And there's so there's lots of public radio stories on the subject. Yeah, yeah. And they're,
0: was, do, they're doing a thing now where they show like they're showing like seminal episodes in movie theaters. Oh, yeah. Of so Star Trek. of next generation of next generation. Wow. Because you want to see that on the big screen.
1: <laughs> Those, <laughs> you want to get as much Whoopi Goldberg. As you can mm-hmm. um, so the the but I do remember watching it on channel 44 in San mm-hmm. Francisco and enjoying
0: it yeah no I, Not I even next, that? Yeah, next generation is boring to me I, I, I can't do it okay yeah I thought that new Star Trek movie was a lot of fun I enjoyed yeah, that yeah sure yeah Yeah.
1: I liked all the parts except for the part where he was driving the Mustang and they were going and they were playing like Sabotage
0: or something <laughs> like that and I was oh, like yeah. Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> yeah couldn't this be more on the nose yeah um yeah, so so we I we went to the Las Vegas Hilton for for like a big weekend and they have a they have like the the Ferengi bar and you get a big like uh, <laughs> cocktail with a, like dry ice in it so it smokes and uh, you know there's one of those rides where you sit in it and it jerks around while they like play a movie so it feels like you're moving. So there's one of those that's Star Trek themed. Does it have Pee-wee Herman? Uh, no, no, it is not Star Tours. It does uh-huh. not have the. Uh, I just assumed that with
1: all space simulators had Pee Wee Herman. In them. <laughs> Unfortunately, this does not. That uh, would be a good rule, though, going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Find a way to incorporate Pee Wee Herman <laughs> into. Do, they redid Star Star Tours. Does that still have Pee Wee Herman in it? Uh, good question. I haven't been since they redid it. I well, we're gonna get some emails. Folks yep. are gonna let us know.
0: Please let us know.
1: Thanks in advance.
0: Um. So yeah. So I. I. I went there for the Las Vegas Hilton and had just kind of a nice time. Okay. Uh, so in, let me tell in, you about. Indulging, indulging someone else's uh,
1: Let me tell likes. you about the Las Vegas Hilton 10 years later. Mm-hmm. So now LVH stands for the Las Vegas Hotel. <laughs> 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 they just, I think what happened is they didn't want to come up with a new sign. Mm. There's this huge, <laughs> like, you know, five story tall uh, uh, sign that says LVH on it. Um, and I think that they just didn't want to, you know, do anything. They... It, it's... this The scene at this hotel is such a fucking shit show. It is... Okay, so let's talk about the Star Trek theme ride. Yeah. So the Star Trek theme ride, I presume when when you took... Maybe you could describe what the scene was like. The Ferengi bar, it had this thing that you go into.
0: Um. Yeah, you know, actually when I... <clears throat> When I was there, I remember noting that it just seemed like Vegas touristy people. It was just like yeah. it was just like overweight fanny pack people. But it didn't see. I'm like, I even kind of thought it was cool. Like, oh, there's a bunch of Star Trek people here, like in costume, and it's a bunch of like fun nerds. Uh, I would was kind of excited, but Natch, it was it was just tourists when I went.
1: But it's full on. It, it was full on decorated with Star Trek. Yeah, so yeah. It looks sure, like sure. you're on the on board the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. You know the USS or inside Enterprise, the Borg
0: Cube. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Something about Whoopi Goldberg's character, whose Mm -hmm. name I don't remember. Um, So this is what it is now. They have lost the license for Star Trek. Mm -hmm. They have removed the ride. They have removed all of the signage that said Star Trek or USS Enterprise or Ferengi or whatever. Everything else remains. <laughs> it's now called the space bar.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's just about the laziest rename. Of there all time. are
1: huge TVs that I presume <laughs> used to play things that looked like maybe maybe they were supposed to be windows into outer space, mm-hmm. or maybe they played episodes of Star Trek or something. They're you know like ten foot across TVs. They now just play baseball games. Uh,
0: oh, spaceball games.
1: Baseball games. <laughs> okay, well, they could have at least made it spaceball,
0: <laughs> or the movie Spaceballs.
1: <laughs> you just want you just want to have a couple of NESs set up so you can play base wars. Yeah,
0: base wars, baseball simulator one thousand.
1: Um, so it is sincerely <clears throat> the me and Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton, our friend Jonathan Colton, was at this conference because he is uh, the co-host music provider on a new NPR show. Um, we tried to go in there and have a drink, um, and you could go in, but there was no bartender. <laughs> um, and uh, so we ended up somewhere else. But it is this sincerely the saddest place you could possibly go, because th- when they took down the signs, they left the sort of, like, holes in the decor where the signs used to be. Oh, wow. Mm. So it really looks like it is abandoned. But it's not quite abandoned, but they do have, like— They have a special VIP area for people from a local radio station, and it is a smooth jazz radio station. (laughs) Um, There were – the most people I saw in there was maybe five outside of when I was in a group of seven or eight walking through there to get to the Las Vegas monorail station.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, it's so funny with the smooth jazz thing. It is almost like – Las Vegas even almost has – a problem like public radio has, it seems. It's like they want this to be a place where young, fun, you know, tastemakers go, but ultimately, eh, it's just fifty-year-old Midwesterners on vacation. Like, honestly, that's your group, and trying to attract the other group is, you know, is noble. You would think, but nah, this is just kind of a place for for uh, middle-aged assholes.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it really. Like, just the collective sort of middle-agedness mm-hmm. of the whole thing. And, you know, we're this is on sort of one end of the strip and went down to the other end of the strip and did some of that kind of stuff. And the sort of general air yeah. of... Not really sadness, more like dopiness. Yeah,
0: and I, yeah, and I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't want to give the impression that I think a place full of middle-aged people is sad. But I think, I think I maybe am <laughs> trying to. Uh, what I guess what I'm trying to get across is like people, people who are with no like particular tastes. interest. Yeah, they, just yeah, just don't, kind they of just like,
1: want something.
0: Yeah, right. It's not. It's not cool. It's not you know taste-making people who will tweet about your. Yeah. you know, uh, swim-up bar.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not that guy in the Liberace Museum who was the director of the Liberace Museum and asked me and Teresa to. Uh, Like them on Facebook because they want more social media so younger people would come.
0: (laughs) More (laughs) younger people would come. Uh, Kevin, what's been your Las Vegas experience in the past? Zero. zero. Really? Never
2: Never, been? been? I have never been to Las Vegas. I am afraid of gambling. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I am an addictive personality type. Uh Um, I don't drink anymore. I do do still smoke. Mm -hmm. Um, But... No, gambling is just one of those things. Where, Wait, first, smoke drugs? So, yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, oh, gotta, I get all doped up on the.
0: What's the? What's the? Um, uh, what's the? Like what? Uh, what's that choice like when you think of like? Oh, I'm I'm not going to drink, but I am going to smoke. You did, know, was it, that was that a conscious it thing? Was or a did very it was a very conscious like choice.
2: When I was when I was uh, when I right about when I turned. You see, the state broke up. In '96, and I spent several years thereafter mostly just drinking. <laughs> like that was, that was most like, of what I was doing. It
1: seems like I mean, it's so from the impression that I get from having talked to other state members, all of whom, I mean, every single one of you guys in this enormous comedy group are now somewhere between moderately and very successful mm-hmm. in show business, which is sort of amazing. But it seems like. Because everyone was so young when the state was happening, because everyone was like 21 and 22, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is absurdly young to have your own television show, that the like five years afterwards were just a disaster for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Like everybody's just like, yeah, I I worked at The Gap.
2: I don't even. It was a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was. Because we had never really consciously decided we're comedians. We had just like become a comedy group in college, then had a. Then we're on MTV immediately upon graduating. And so there was no trial and error, you know, starving artist, period. We were – I mean not that we were making any money at MTV. But we had the feel that – we had the feel <laughs> like, oh, we're, we're the Rolling Stones. We're yeah. going to be successful forever. I think
1: when Carrie Kenny was on uh, The Sound of Young America – I might be misremembering this. But I think it was Carrie said that at one point while, she, while the state was on TV – she ran into the programming head of MTV at a party where she was working as a cater waiter.
2: Oh, <laughs> that happened to me, too. That, uh, <laughs> wow. I, and this was – well, this was after we got fired. I was taking a tray, uh, working for Glorious Food at, like, the Grammys or something like that, I realized I was taking it to Doug Herzog's table Oh. <laughs> and quickly turned to the waiter next to me and said – you 're going to be taking table number fifty two <laughs> yeah, no it brutal. I, I was serving champagne at the Grammys, uh, like you know several months after the group had broken up. Uh Aretha Franklin and Sarah McLachlan walk in the room. Mm-hmm. And it's very awkward between them because they've walked in at the they, same time. They had just broken out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they had clearly like never met and they were trying to be like, Oh, uh, you're a diva, I'm a diva. <laughs> 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 so Sarah
0: McLaughlin. Should we slap an assistant? <laughs>
2: right, right. Should we
0: crash our cars? <laughs> what do divas do?
2: Should we get Mariah on speakerphone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so So, so it looks good. So Sarah says to uh, Aretha, hey, uh, can I get you a drink? So they come up to the bar and Sarah McLachlan takes one look at me and she's like, oh. And, and she caught herself doing the yeah. thing no fan should ever do. She, was, she said, what are you doing here? Oh, no. And then Aretha looks oh, at her no. and she says to Aretha, oh, uh, he's a very successful comedian. And Aretha looks at me and just goes, uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> So, yeah, the years after were brutal, brutal, yeah. brutal. And and I was always a floater in the group. I was just like when I was a little boy when I was the gay one in the family and the middle child was like off in his own universe listening to Free to Be You and Me. <laughs> sure. In the group itself, yeah. I was like – the one who would spend his evenings away from the rest of the group because I was out looking for boys, you know sure, what I mean? Right. And everyone else was always together. So I, I was always a little bit of the black sheep in the group. So when the group broke up, I didn't know – I wasn't in on the clicks that kind yeah. of became Reno 911 and, and Wet Hot American Summer. And so I was kind of floating around and lost and kind of hurt and sure. kind of angry. And everyone was kind of hurt and angry. Um, So I was doing lots and lots of drinking, and then when I was 30, I tried AA three different times. Mm -hmm. I I tried it for like eight months once, and then a year later for like six months, and then a couple years later for like four months. And eventually I came around to realizing, you know, everyone's telling these stories about, you know, how they almost killed someone and how their wife left them and how – you know, all these terrible things. And I was like – Well, I just have one too many and and wake up a bit groggy. (laughs) Maybe I should not be in a place where people are so intensely looking into this. So one day in 2005, I said, let me just do this on my own and let me do it my way. I'll give myself the leeway because I don't – because with marijuana, I I don't feel like when I take a puff, I'm going to be like – uh, you know, 15 minutes later, I need another puff. Right, You know yeah. what I mean? Which is the way I kind of felt about alcohol. So you I was would like, say it in a normal voice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would yeah. say it very calm and I casually. must have another <laughs> puff or someone will die. You would say it
0: very calmly.
2: So, yeah, so I, so I said to myself, and I also said hallucinogens. I said I'll also let myself <laughs> do hallucinogens, which, by the way, I have not done since 2005. So Even though that, the door is open. Yeah, the door is open, so that's my next goal. The door goal. is open, I mean, I, I, but I, the door I, is closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, like with all our guests, I offered you a handful of shrooms when you walked through the door.
2: I, I was just too slow on the uptake. Then. Yeah, To yeah. be fair, those are like salad mushrooms.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those are like <laughs> But morale. I mean, if you eat them fast enough, <laughs> right? you'll get pretty fucked. It's about speed.
1: <laughs> Jordan, this just because you hold your breath while you're eating.
0: <laughs> I know, guys. Come on. Ride the It makes the orgasm more powerful. (laughs) Exactly, yes. I'm also holding my breath, eating salad mushrooms and jerking off at the same time. Yeah. But, you know, I had to go to 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 AA for that.
1: (laughs) I can confirm, though, that Las Vegas is a genuinely bizarre experience when you don't – because I don't gamble. I mean, I'm, like, not against gambling. I just – it doesn't – it does it's not ex- fun to me. Yeah. It doesn't seem exciting to me. It just seems like, Oh, there goes my money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't drink, so I can't just be, I can't enjoy the part of Las Vegas where, where you yeah, have a foot long margarita or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I would I would say that's the main appeal. I've I've recently enjoyed gambling like a little bit more than I have. But yeah, I mean that's I would since say... you discovered Baccarat. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh and Baccarat. <laughs> <Pai Gao. laughs> um But yeah, I mean I would say that the, the You found a really good Mahjong parlor. Yeah. The only thing that makes makes Las Vegas like, you know, tolerable to someone with some sense is like you know, just oh yeah, I can be drunk whenever and have a have a beer wherever. So yeah, I right. yeah, I would say. But but you you are afraid that you would get Gamble and then and then it would take over.
2: Well, I, I probably I think it's more that I can't count.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm no good at math. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure I would be have money problems immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I actually had some fun in Las Vegas yeah, too, yeah.
1: though. I I well, for one thing, I had a I had a fun dinner. at I had a couple dinners at, at absurdly expensive restaurants. Yeah. I just figured as long as I was going to be in Las in Las Vegas, sure. I might as well give myself permission to spend one hundred and twenty-five dollars on dinner because what the fuck else am I going to do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is that's there's something that is something you can say for Las Vegas is that you can get a really delicious meal. Just don't think about the fact that if you were in L.A., it would be fifty bucks cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, as long as you're not thinking about that. There is some delicious food. I've had some great meals there I, that have I, been way too expensive.
1: I went on this weird sort of like I, – I went on this out to this weird dinner with uh, a couple of friends from KCRW, mm-hmm. one of whom is Ann Litt, who's the music director of KCRW, and she is – I would say, like, if you imagine what a lady who's the music director of KCRW is like, you've got it exactly. (laughs) She's exactly that KCRW
0: is known for being, like, the cool public radio station.
1: Exactly. Like, it's a um, very—KCRW's music programming is quite famous. It's sort of the king—they are the kings and queens of uh, 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 AAA, which is Adult Album Alternative. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, your indie rock, your— you know, your, your music that is for cool dads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also younger people, but that's the sort cool dads. of- dads. That's the yes. sweet spot. Exactly. And um, so Antlit, we're like, she, she invites us all to dinner. We're all going out to dinner. She says, I got to go upstairs and change. She comes back downstairs in, you know, five inch heels and a Missoni dress, mm-hmm. which needless to say is not de rigueur at the Public Radio Program Director's Conference. Like, 10 minutes earlier, I saw... Saying, de rigueur is, though. Yeah, that
2: is. That's true.
1: I tried to work that in (laughs) Whatever. I saw a guy wearing black socks and Birkenstocks with khaki pants. Yep. Um, That's a more traditional manner of dress. So we went out to... And she goes, oh, let's go to this restaurant I went to with R.E.M. (laughs) We're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll go to a fucking restaurant somebody went to with R.E.M. That was good. We we rode a limousine home. Because it was one of those things where, like, it was two cabs and there was a limousine sitting there. And there, she was like, I'll do it for 15 bucks. Yeah. We're like, great. Well, we're going to ride a limousine in Las Vegas. Um, but the other and, – and I also went to a very expensive steak dinner with our friend Roman Mars from the 99% mm-hmm. Invisible podcast that was – one thing about a steakhouse – I imagine you've probably gone to a few steakhouses on the road when you were working sure. at Fuel – I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with a 22 ounce steak. Yeah. Like, what? Am I, am I supposed to eat that? <laughs> like, I love steak and I am a yeah. big man. And that. You're just supposed to, when
0: it comes, you're just supposed to go, whoa, and then eat half of it. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, point of yeah. it.
1: Okay. It's just, yeah, dog. it's the
0: show, it's the dog and pony show. You know, it's like, look at this. I wish. I, mean, I think there are some, you know, genuinely obese people. Who <laughs> would probably go there. Gen, but, gen, right. Only the genuine yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not those phony baloney, <laughs> <fucking trend> glad-handing. <laughs>
2: these Williamsburg hipsters in their fast suits.
0: <laughs> right. Not like that Tyra Banks.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, but the one, the one really amazing thing that happened. So the whole conference is miserable, not because everyone is so uncool or something like mm. that. It's more because everyone is there. They know that you're only there to sell them your show. And so the program directors just don't want to talk to you. So I can sort of – I can make some time with a Roman Mars or, you know, my friend Jason Saldana, who's one of the producers of Sound Opinions, another excellent public radio show and podcast. Like I can hang out with them. Jay Allison I can talk to. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, most of the people are trying to avoid meeting my (laughs) gaze. You know what I mean? And it's really, really, really hard. You know, it's just a hard situation to be in. It's like being – I don't know. It's like being a pharmaceutical salesman without a budget. You know what I mean? Like the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. salesman, they can come in. They got they got World Series tickets for you. They're going to take you out to. But I have none of that. I just have people looking at me and thinking that I'm trying to change public radio and take away their jobs. You know. <laughs> so, um, so it's a real shit situation. But on on the last day, uh, I had. I was punching myself for this, but I had scheduled my flight for five or six, something like that. And the conference ended at like 11. And so I'm like, what the fuck am I going (laughs) to do in Las Vegas during the day for six hours? I was like, Liberace Museum is out of business. (laughs) Um, They've got a
0: Kiss-themed miniature (laughs) golf course now.
1: Yeah. Did that ever occur to you? Well, is that something you want to get involved in solo? (laughs) Nope. Nope. When it's hundred and two nope, degrees you're outside, you're right. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I I was thinking, like, should I take up golf? Like, I'm trying to think of something that sure. I can do Skeet in this situation. Shooting. There's this thing called the uh, There's this thing called the Neon Boneyard, yeah. which is a museum of uh, museum slash abandoned lot filled with old uh, neon old signs. neon yeah. signs. I thought that would be really cool. I thought I'd go see that, but it was closed for the month. Mm. Um and I'm you know a lot of people suggested I go to the pinball museum and I have a lot of respect for it not my thing sure I've
0: been to that pinball museum it is fun that is a great that's a definitely a great Las Vegas uh thing that I have enjoyed in the past it is maybe in like the world's like saddest industrial park but uh yeah it's it's really amazing yeah they have a bunch of like you know weird turn of the century like boardwalk empire mm. proto pinball games where you you know uh push a metal ball under, like, the legs of a girl in, like, a saucy bathing costume. Anyway. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. Like
1: the Musée Mécanique in San Francisco that we recommended on yeah. this program. That's that's a lot of fun. I did, I mean, I did manage to get one good outside of the sort of mainstream Las Vegas experience. I went to a very good taqueria called Tacos al Gordo. Mm. Um, it was very good, and Crazily, there was a there was a rainstorm that was so sudden and severe that it caused flash floods in the street that happened mm-hmm. while I was getting tacos <laughs> and <laughs> I like came outside and it was like a scene from a movie about a, the biblical flood like you couldn 't see across the street it was raining so hard, and I had to like run out into the middle of the street, stop a taxi. And he was like scared to drive because the water was up above his wheels. It was so crazy. I got the one day in Las Vegas history when it rained. But the thing that uh, happened to me that was such a blessing I'm like, you know, I had had these two nice nights out, mm-hmm. but every day had just been soul hammering. And I was, I had, at one point, I literally, I called my wife at like three or four o'clock in the afternoon. I was getting a migraine. I was really depressed about public radio, and I talked to her, and she, she wasn't sure what to say to make me feel better, and I ended up taking my migraine medication and sitting in the tub because the showers were so shitty that they were Like, taking a hot shower is like one of the only things I can do when I'm getting a migraine, so the showers were horrible, so I just drew a bath, and I'm just sitting in the bath crying. From a combination of pain from the migraine and just and just a sort of existential pain about my my place in public radio, right <laughs> it was just horrible anyway so I'm, i I had sort of softened that a little i had I had been like, you know what it 's not five years ago when I literally didn 't know anyone here you know i can I spent a nice night out with roman mars i had' a, i skipped out on The uh, conference activity, which was everyone went to see Cirque du Soleil, The Beatles, (laughs) uh, which is exactly like if you want to know what this crowd is, that's what it is. So um, I was was really – I was like, this is all done. And then I realized that I had to be in Las Vegas for seven more hours. And I was sitting in the lobby of the hotel. And just trying to think of anything to do with my life. I had just checked my bags into the bag check, and just thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? It's a thousand degrees outside. I hate casinos. Like, what am I going to do? And uh, a friend of mine comes walking up, who works at WNYC on Radio Lab with Robert Krolwich from Radio Lab, mm-hmm. the co-host of the you know public radio program Radio Lab. And um, I had never, I had met Krulwich only briefly before. Um, and so I'm talking to them and I'm like, this is fun. I get to talk to Robert Krolwich. This guy's great. And, uh, uh, Ellen, my friend says, I, I got to call my airline. She manages to get her flight switched. So it turns out it's just me and Krolwich Mm -hmm. and Krolwich also isn't flying out until five o'clock or something
0: like that. You know, I've, I've had for future reference, I've had good experience in Las Vegas. Those LA to Vegas flights happen so often just going early and they'll just like, yeah, get on this one. Oh yeah interesting okay well i'm I'm glad that it didn't happen mm-hmm. because that's what I would
1: have done instead, what I did. Was spend a day in Las Vegas with Robert Krolick from Radio hey, Lab, which was like the greatest thing because number one, you guys I mean, could record some found sound. Yeah, exactly. Like Robert <laughs> Krolick, a is the it, like how he seems on Radio Lab. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Radio Lab is one of the most highly produced audio programs of any kind ever anywhere. But that is just what Robert crawlwich is like. Mm-hmm. Like, how he seems on radio Lab a thousand percent what he's like. He just wants to interrupt you with a fascinating question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he is the funnest guy. And he had just gone through his own uh, sort of public radio crucible because I don't know if you guys heard about this, but one of Radio Lab's most frequent contributors, Joan Lair, had gotten caught up in oh. this um, – and, you know, Radio Lab they fact-checked everything that Joan Alaire did on the show, and everything mm-hmm. was fine, and they thought he had been a great contributor. And so they put out this statement, like, you know, he's not going to contribute to the show anymore, but, um, you know, we're going to keep using the shows that we already recorded with, him. Mm-hmm. we're not going to, like, mm-hmm. take them down mm-hmm. because we fact-checked them all. And Kroll, which is good friends with Jonah Alaire and sort of a mentor to Jonah and and was there essentially to make public radio stations – not drop Radio Lab for doing this. Mm. So, and he had done that. He had been successful in that. God bless him. And so he had had his own public radio fight and Robert Krolwich fucking loves the casinos. I don't know if he likes gambling. (laughs) I don't know if he likes gambling, but like the fascination that he brings to something that uh, Jad Abumrad is telling him about um, he brings to every aspect of Las Vegas. Oh, terrific! So we went on a sort of we went on a sort of five hour jaunt around Las Vegas. He wanted to go. He's like. Let's go to the Venetian. Let's go to Paris, Paris, or whatever it's called. Let's go to – and he's, he's talking to me. We're in the Paris one. We're, like, checking out. He's, like, telling me what's, what's like real Paris. What's different from real Paris? He's telling me about how they, they make the windows at the top of the – at the top near the ceiling smaller to give you a sense of perspective to make, it seem, to make it seem bigger on the fake building fronts. He's, like, telling me we saw those guys that, that sing – that run a gondola inside a shopping mall for no reason. <laughs> Like it was totally, it, it was just amazing, and and Robert is fascinated by all of these things. So I'm like swept up in his fascination. But I have to say that having visited all of these ones that are simulacra, you know, that are that are representations of some other thing that exists in the real world, those are interesting. But I don't know, have, Jordan, have you ever been to the Win Casino in Las Vegas? Boy, yeah, that that's one of them
0: that. Uh... Yeah, there is. There are the ones that are so heavily themed. There is New York, New York. There is Paris, and then there's ones that where the theme is. Check this shit out.
1: Yes. Like, so I had only been the, uh, the only. I had only been to Las Vegas two other times in my life. Yeah. One was when I was a kid, uh, coming back from this like from New Mexico, like a an Indian reservation in New Mexico where my dad was working. And um, we stayed at Circus Circus for mm-hmm. like one night. That was it. And then a couple of years ago, I went to the comedy festival in Las Vegas uh, to do a, th- a thing with the kids in the hall. And we stayed at the Golden Nugget and uh, it was at Caesar's Palace. Mm-hmm. And neither of those impressed me at all. Sure. Golden Nugget was weird and in a sad and an interesting way, mm-hmm. which is more than can be said for the LVH, which is just sad. But basically, they were both pretty lame. And then I had gone to a couple of these sort of simulacrum ones. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the win, and the theme of the win is what if we gave a fruitcake a billion dollars? <laughs> just, just a gay madman was given a billion dollars, like specifically both of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's like it was. It was like they gave like a seventies interior designer um, stereotype character
2: uh-huh.
1: a billion dollars, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> it's so great. Like it's like it. It it was true. It was genuinely amazing. Like, I thought it was extraordinary. Sure. I genuinely found it to be ch- charming and delightful because it was like a crazy person who had a kind of perfect taste. You know what I mean? Like, someone who really, really knew what the fuck they were doing but was also insane uh-huh. had outfitted this entire hotel complex with, like, fucking crystal chandeliers they're shaped like fruits and just fucking insanity everywhere no theme at all and just these weird kind of these weird kind of rich people wandering through alongside the fat people in shorts mm-hmm. just that because that's like the most opulent thing you can do in Las Vegas and they don't and these people don't actually know how to do anything besides just i don't know whatever's the opulentest thing You know what I mean? Like people who have themed yachts or something go here. (laughs) It was so insane. We ate dinner in this restaurant. Me and Roman Mars ate dinner in this restaurant that was on something called the Lake of Dreams. (laughs) That was basically like a combination of what's this show from Disneyland called? Is that called Fantasia no that's the movie the one on the on the by Tom Sawyer Island Oh yeah I know what you're talking about you know what I'm all talking the characters about Kevin come Allison. out it. yeah <laughs> no. and they play a song and they have fireworks and the pirate oh, ship goes by It's a small world? No not that come on Allison <laughs> I'm
2: so out of it The
1: fucking the insane <laughs> imagination dream of sure. something like that and um it was a combination of that thing with, like, Max Headroom. Mm-hmm. Like, when we saw it, it was this lake, and they're playing the song that goes, bow, bow, bow. You know that song? Yeah. And, like, um, with a vocal line where they sing that. And uh, there was this weird hologram of a head in the middle of the lake spinning around and, like, lip syncing to the words while, like, There was a huge, like, waterfall behind it, that kind of trickle wall waterfall thing that had, like, laser lights going through it and shit. It was fucking insanity. It was pure insanity.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It does does seem like – yeah, it does seem like something that would be, like, concocted by a character from, like, the – sprockets sketch yes on Saturday that Night sounds Live.
2: like a place to go on your mushrooms yes. while you're holding your breath
0: no man maybe that is the secret theme of it of, of like we have catered out, this though. specifically to people on hallucinogens <laughs> yeah
1: it was like it was like what in my mind it was like what if like rip taylor had perfect <laughs> taste yeah you know what i mean
0: yeah it's like it is like kind of those places are like reactions to like the tacky you know Back when they wanted to make Vegas a, you know, family friendly vacation destination. It's like, well, no, let's make this a let's make this a classy place of taste where, you know, people can come. But they just totally went the complete opposite direction.
1: Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, what's amazing about it is that it's so coherent. It's so Mm. cohesive. No part of it feels like. You know, the, the big thing about Las Vegas is it has always been the air sats, right? Like the like representation of something that is not quite what that thing is. And it is not that. It is in and of itself. It is its own thing. It's not, you know, it's not Disneyland. It's not plaster. It's not plaster painted to look like something. Mm-hmm. It is the thing that it is. And that thing that it is is fucking madness <laughs> is just madness just an explosion of bullshit and nonsense mm. <laughs> and color like everything super colored mm. there's this there's this forest where there's fucking sparkle flowers and just it is just and what's crazy about it the other thing that's crazy about it is it, all these things are going on but it's still a casino So there's still, like, nowhere to sit down, for example. Right. You know what I mean? Like so, Maybe there's a magical toadstool or something. Yeah, you still can't figure out where the fuck you are or where the fuck you're going or Mm -hmm. whether it's day or night, right? So it has those parts of the casino, the sort of, like, the things that make you feel like someone's doing that thing where you do, like, karate chops in front of someone's eyes and say, you're Mm. going through a forest. You're going through a forest. (laughs) You know what I mean? It has those elements, but it's also... It, it was spectacular. I really recommend if you're gonna go to Las Vegas, screw, you know, the Knights of the Round Table Casino and you know Pirate Pirate. Mm-hmm. Go to this go to this wind nuthouse sure. nut house and just shit some fruits. Yeah, trip out. <laughs> anyway. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse la. la,
2: la, la, la.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Kevin Allison here. I like here. That's fun. I do too. It's That's good, na- fun. It's good nickname. <laughs> we're having fun out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Kevin Allison's uh, podcast Risk is the newest member of the Maximum Fun family, and we have a very exciting Maximum Fun day coming up mm. on October fifteenth. We are. This is what we're doing. We are. Instead of running, we've added these new shows, we've added Risk, we've added, you know, Throwing Shade, we've added uh, the Memory Palace, we've added all these shows, and we want to be able to pay these people, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're getting some money. Uh, Kevin not accepted. (laughs) Um, And uh, so we thought we'd put together a pledge drive, but we didn't want to do a big-ass pledge drive. So it's one day, October 15th, super mega power day. It's a Monday. You're going to have access to a computer, and we're all about new donors. So it's about people who are not donors. If you're already a donor, your job is to get new donors to donate. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 100% new donors. We are going balls out on the day, fucking hashtagging that shit, fucking Facebooking that shit, Google hanging out that shit, just doing everything within our power to make this the 1,000 New Donor Day. Making Pinterest boards. Yeah, we're fucking making Pinterest boards. No, that won't do anything. We're on LinkedIn looking Mm -hmm. for job opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're we're going all the way, like 1,000% balls out. And in addition to exclusive episodes of this podcast and many other podcasts from the Maximum Fun Network, we're also, for every new donor at $10 a month or more, we're going to be giving... Uh, the equivalent of 20 meals for needy families to the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. So you will be doing a good deed in more ways than one when you join us on Max Funday. So mark your calendar. Help us out. If you're already a donor, make, you know, shame a couple friends into supporting the network then. You know, that's, that's how we pay for all this programming. Well, everybody who makes shows on this network, we're professionals that you know, we, we send them the money that we get in these mm. pledge drives. So –
0: yeah, you know, I uh, – I, we, Jesse, kind of something funny came up that I think speaks to this. Um, I think we realized – we both realized we usually tape Jordan and Jesse Go on uh, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Um, but we realized that we are both going to be out of town for the next – you know, ten weekends. Yeah, uh, I'm starting a new web series. Jesse, you have various commitments, stupid conferences I'm going to. Um, yeah, but I think that, and I think that if we didn't have donors who we were, you know, who we wanted to, you know, please and thank with content, we would just say fuck it to Jordan Jesse. Go for a month. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not that I don't enjoy doing it. But if there were not donors, I would just say fuck it for the month. Yeah, I mean this is uh, So yeah, I think I think if 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 you know, you like your podcasts regularly and of a high quality, uh yeah, think about donating. Yeah, this is this is our, this is our jobs and the reason we can do it is because of the
1: donors. You mm-hmm. know, we get a little bit of money from sponsorships. We get some money, other money on the side here and there. But really, what supports this whole organization? I give hand jobs behind the building. Yeah, I mean, Jordan
0: gives out <laughs> hand a job. I stuff your mouth <laughs> filled with uh, mushrooms.
1: And you know, I want I want people that join the network like Kevin to mm-hmm. be able to get paid too. You sure. know, I mean, the the bams take the Mabim bams for example. Those guys are, those guys are stacking yaper, mm-hmm. and they can afford to take the time out of their day jobs and craft a really fine program like they do. Uh, because they're getting paid to do it, you know. It's, it's that's how that's how making stuff works. So anyway, October fifteenth, hashtag Max Fun Day, food for needy children, the whole nine yards. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse love Go.
2: You, love you, love you.
1: Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart.
2: Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm Kevin Allison.
0: Here. You here. See, yeah. Here. I'm supposed to say I'm, here. I'm sitting here. You've established a precedent.
2: Right. You have
1: to respect precedent. <laughs> if I've learned anything from the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, John Roberts, mm-hmm. it's that judicial activism is dangerous. You have to respect precedent. <laughs> as God, long God. as you agree with the precedent. <laughs> When something momentous happens to you, our listeners, we ask that you give us a call at 206 984 fun and share it with us for momentous occasions. Lindsay Pavlis on the board. She's got some calls all lined up. Let's hear the first one.
2: Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. This is Tara from Washington, D.C. Um, t- I'm calling with a momentous occasion. Tonight, my very worst fear of being a bicycle commuter came true, and I
0: got doored and
2: went over my handlebars, and my head was the first thing to hit the ground, and my helmet saved my life. So, more powerful than ever. Thanks. Have
0: a good day. Thanks. Fuck yes, hey, life saved. saved. Yeah. Um. Uh, Kevin, I want to know a little bit about how you because you're not a driver, right? I'm not a driver, and I'm also terrified of bicycles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I,
2: uh, I do not... Well, they're terrified, as, as I think we heard Your in father the call. was murdered by a bicycle. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, with no one on it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I... Moving vehicles scare me, and so... And I, I talk... People have always said, well, you should get over that. I had a Jungian therapist at one point, and she was like, well, what is it? What is it about driving? You know, why don't you just learn? And I said, well, I think I just have the this vision of you know me dying in a horrible <laughs> car accident, and she said, "All right, maybe you maybe you shouldn't trust that. <laughs> maybe not learn how to drive."
1: Um, Wait, when you say Jungian, do you mean a therapist who believed in the secret? <laughs>
0: yeah, right. is that what you're saying? Because if you yes. well, if me, you think hard enough about that fiery car accident, she it'll happen. Did, you can manifest it. She did seem a
2: little bit like a witch. She, uh-huh. dre- she dressed in all black and. She has a credit in the film Cat People with Nastasia Kinski. Oh wow! <laughs> That's the only thing What's I knew her about cre- her. What's her credit well, in it? Playing uh, uh, Ghost Woman or something like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, so she had a lot. She not,
0: dabbled in acting a little bit before she got into therapy and a the the Jungian, yeah,
1: not Jungian analyst. <laughs> right. mm, that would have been the credit <laughs> that I would have liked. Just we got an onset analyst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you have any
2: weird dreams? Stop by. Over. Talk to. Talk to Sarah. <laughs> yeah, someone to keep Nastasia in line.
1: Yeah, I um, uh, I think that everyone should wear bicycle helmets. I, for one, think everyone should wear bicycle helmets. Yeah, it's a,
0: another strong stance.
1: I um, uh, our producer on International Waters recently got into a car accident. Colin yeah. Anderson in London. I mean, a bicycle accident. Excuse me, uh, broke his clavicle mm. in four places. Oh dear. Um, so I guess the moral of the story is don't leave home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that – am I interpreting that correctly? Well, I mean I think I think you're being a little reductive. I think you can leave home but just crawl along the ground. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now you know, like a worm. Jungian. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good catchphrase. <laughs> now that's Yugi. <Jungian. laughs> And you wink.
1: and Man, we should pitch a sitcom to the new, broader NBC.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, now, that's Jungian. Could that's, be a smash for that. That's so Jung. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Jung and Freud, and they're too mismatched.
1: Colin's life also saved by his helmet. Oh, that's great. So wear a helmet, you guys, when you're out there. And you know what? Don't put earphones in. Get a, put, mount a stereo on your bicycle so you can listen to Jordan Jesse go. It is important to listen to Jordan Jesse go, to to Jordan, Jesse, go while you're cycling, but you need yeah. to be able to hear danger sounds like a, around yeah, you. Yeah, put it
0: on like a tape deck. Yeah, exactly. Well, should we, for all the cyclists out there listening to the show, should we just make random danger sounds so they keep alert? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Dinosaur, look out. <laughs> Dinosaur. Ah! Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Danger sounds. I,
1: um I I also speaking of uh s- speaking of awesome fans and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh Patrick Roddy, one of our one of our longtime supporters, mm-hmm. came by our live show that we taped this weekend at Riot LA, brought us a stained glass window of the Jordan Jesse Go logo.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: This is by far the greatest thing I mean, that they, anyone has ever made for is, us.
0: Uh, this is. A, a probably good time to announce it we're starting a church <laughs> we're, starting a, we're turning this into a religion we all saw the master and we're very jazzed by it yeah so we're super I excited a very inspirational film it's the it's the first piece to that i think we're gonna you know that'll be kind of the centerpiece of the worship chamber and uh yeah we hope you guys will all join up <laughs> forsake your other religions and, yeah and uh you know come on over Yeah, forsake your God. Mm -hmm.
1: There is only one God, and he is Jordan Jesse God. Let's take another call here.
0: Hi, Jordan Jesse, uh, possible guest. I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. Uh, I'm a relatively new lawyer and a public defender, and uh, today I had my first jury trial, uh, and I just found out that I won. Not guilty. Uh, Game over. So more powerful than ever. Not guilty, y'all got to feel me. Game over. I think more, more public defenders should treat law like a video game.: Yeah)
1: <laughs> You wouldn't believe. My guy got executed, but I got a high score. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, my, I got a lot of achievement points. <laughs> I shuffled my papers 50 times, and then unlocked an achievement. <laughs> there should be more unlockables. And in jury trials. Skins? Yeah. If you pre-order a jury trial, nah, I think this is going to fall apart. Expansion packs? Yeah. Is that something they should do? Uh, makes a trial longer. Kevin, New would missions? you like to
2: say a video game phrase? <laughs> this is another thing I know nothing about. All I know is angry birds. Uh, ah, yeah, that's That's good fine. enough. Yeah, throw in a few angry birds <laughs> into a jury trial. See what happens. <laughs> you know
1: that because you wear exclusively children's size t-shirts. <laughs> that's right. Um, I think that's tremendous. That means that uh, very, very likely a uh, criminal is wandering the streets (laughs) continuing to murder. An innocent man wasn't sent to prison. Sure, Being a public defender is hard. My wife worked in the public defender's office uh, for a summer, and it is hard because every single day, everyone needs uh everyone needs an honest and capable uh, legal defense mm-hmm. um and public defenders have to deal with a world where often the people they're defending hate them or mm. uh in some cases the people they're defending may be a murderer mm-hmm. you know um and that is a tough job and i really admire people that yeah, do yeah
0: no it seems like you go to law school and you can like you are presented to different paths you know he's like well you can go into like entertainment law or divorce law or something and you know just be a be a rich guy wandering around the wind or you can go into <laughs> public defense you won't make a lot of money and people will hate you and uh yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. Way, way to go
1: it is it is a uh, honorable honorable work do we have one more call well, that is all our calls so we'll be back in just a second on jordan Jessica.
2: La 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 la
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris,
2: boy detective. Kevin Allison here.
1: You know what came to my attention recently? What's that? Not everyone is already subscribed to Risk.
2: That is true. That is true. There are so many people who I think would love risk and just don't know about it yet. Seems ridiculous to me. I mean, it seems like people would make a pri- make it a priority in their lives
1: to know about risk. Um, and I wish there was something that we could do for those people. I, I haven't come up with anything. I've been thinking about it for a while. But I really like, I know there's people out there who would love the idea of, True tales boldly told, um, and they like they like personal narratives. Mm-hmm. They like laughter. They like feelings. Mm-hmm. They like they surprises. Like Dave Hill from time to time. <laughs> <They like laughs> Dave Hill when he's available, mm-hmm. or something interesting has happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't know how to get it, and I wish that there was some way. I wish. I guess what I what I'm saying is, I wish I had some kind of platform. To share risk with people who would enjoy it. You know what I mean? Hey, Jesse, I what? think
0: you just did. Where? When? Just now. You said it into the microphone and others heard it. Holy cow. And hopefully. So you're telling subscribe. me that people can hear me talking right now? Yeah.
1: Currently. Why am I talking then? Why, why am I not just silent? It's been a mistake up till now. Well, the good news is yeah. if you're out there, there definitely aren't best of episodes that you could listen to as, a, as an entree. So there's no way for
2: you to get into the show. I think there uh, are. There are? Yeah, I think
1: there are. There's, there's best of risk episodes that people could listen best to? Best of and they would... risk
2: episodes, yeah. We just had our 100th episode the other day and we hey. did a little like montages of some of the funniest things people have said on oh, the show. Oh, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any good guests I mentioned to Dave Hill recently? Oh, yeah. Recently. We've had
2: Margaret Cho, Mark Marin, Michael Ian Black, Lisa Lampanelli, uh, Janine Garofalo. It just goes on. Yeah. You know what I'm sick
1: of? I'm sick of these storytelling shows where they rip my heart out with some story and no part of it is funny. That's one of the things I like about Risk. If a story on Risk is going to rip your heart out and stomp all over it, you will get a few
2: good yucks out of it as well. yeah. The priorities are in the right place. Yeah, we do. One of the things about the show is that it's mostly funny and then it will sometimes go into whoa emotional terrain yeah but people kind of love it for that reason because you know uh, unlike some of the other storytelling shows that you might find on like npr and stuff like that everything is so raw and uncensored and you know maybe not so polished it's very very it, it's it's a lot like talking to friends a lot of, a do lot you...
0: of sex stuff too yeah, that's, what I, that's what time. I enjoy yeah. about it.
2: Yeah, there's certainly that kind of stuff in there, too. Kevin, how real would you
1: say risk is relative to, say, I don't know, what's a good standard, Real Deal Holyfield? Would you say it's less or uh, as real or realer than Real Deal Holyfield?
2: <laughs> it gets very, very real. Yeah, definitely. There are loads of moments on Risk where people write in, I cannot believe someone was saying that. That was so <laughs> honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway, if you're not a dipshit, give uh, Risk a listen. That's my standard. That's sure. my new standard. If you're not a
0: dipshit, give Risk a listen. It's a new Maximum Fun <laughs> podcast. So we're really... non dipshits We're
1: really, really happy to have Kevin and his dipshits whole team on board. need not apply. His whole team of amazing people. I mean, Kevin's running a whole... I don't know if you knew this, Jordan, but not only is Kevin running this podcast and the attendant live shows, but he actually has a storytelling school and does storytelling hey,
2: trainings I for people. I didn't know that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's storystudio.org. We do one-on-one co coaching business storytelling we do you know people who just want to like get over their shyness all that kind of stuff yeah
1: Yeah. it's a it's a really amazing operation that kevin is running and and i think most importantly like all of our maximum fun podcast you know doing it for the right, right reason you know like i i really think it's it's something that adds something to the world you know mm-hmm. and I think that's uh, that's very important sort of like our dick jokes sure
0: <laughs> Kevin adds to the world what we take away yeah we're sort of it's sort of a carbon neutral yeah right exactly I try, I've, I've built you this see, podcast network in an effort
1: to be morality neutral <laughs> yeah <laughs> Kevin you're a wind farm is what we're saying
2: <laughs> one step forward two steps back yeah
1: anyway you can find Risk on our website at MaximumFun.org you can find uh, lots of back episodes and lots of cool stuff on the Risk episode, which is risk-show.com, am That's I remembering right. that correctly? Mm-hmm. And you can find it in iTunes for free. Pretty soon it'll be in the Maximum Fun room in iTunes, where you can find all the other great uh, mm-hmm. Maximum Fun shows. We'll talk to you guys next time, and of course on Max Day, October 15th. Yay! Later, gang.